little nerds and nerdettes. Junior ambassadors, boys and girls of all ages. We're nerds and uh, we're pretty proud of it. You're entering the Nerd United Nations podcast. Never apologize for being nerdy. All things geek are up for grabs. Because unnerdy people never apologize for being assholes. Now, here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Hello, Junior Ambassadors, nerds and nerdettes of all ages, and welcome back to yet another mini-episode of the Nerd Out Nations podcast. And yes, the Mental Health Awareness Month train for May just keeps on rolling down the tracks. I am your ambassador from the Midwest United States, Jared Boots. And a wise man once said, I think the saddest people always try their hardest to make other people happy because they know what it is like to feel absolutely worthless and don't want anyone else to feel like that. Those words, of course, come from the late, great Robin Williams, who was born July 21st, 1951 in Chicago, Illinois, and tragically passed away August 11th, 2014. Um, we are here not to mourn his death today, but to celebrate his life and talk about some of our favorite films from Robin's long lustrous career i of course cannot do that alone i need a podcasting goddess to help me out with this so melissa how are you doing today i'm doing very well <laughs> so we're here to talk today about some of our favorite robin williams films so mm-hmm. melissa why don't you uh kick us off and tell uh the listeners about your favorite robin williams film yeah, of course. Um, yeah, my favorite. It was it was really tough to pick a, a favorite because there's so many that are that are good ones. And but the one that it came down to for for being my favorite um, was Good Morning Vietnam. And the movie was released uh, January fifteenth, nineteen eighty eight, and it's a war comedy drama. Um, it's about Adrian Cronauer, who's a disc jockey. He goes to Vietnam to work for the Armed Forces Radio Network. And while he becomes popular among the troops, his superiors disapprove of his humor. And it was written by Mitch Markowitz, and the director was Barry Levinson. And this film, I hadn't seen in a really long while, but it was definitely time for a rewatch. And it was funny there's the one scene in the film that adrian he plays uh what a wonderful world and he it's a um not really true like shout out to one of the the soldiers and it the first time i saw it it made me cry because it's playing that song and you just basically see the horrors of the vietnam war and people getting wounded and then you see some beautiful parts of it, and then it goes sort of back to that. It's a it's a balance between the two, and it I don't know. It just makes me cry. It is so incredibly powerful, and it's sad. And I the first time I saw it, it made me cry, and this time around, it it made me cry again. Um, it's such a it's such a powerful scene, and but. Aside from from crying from the scene, it is, you know, at the beginning, it's a very funny film. Um, Adrian Cronauer is just hilarious, and it's very Robin Williams. It's that quick quick wit, humor, one-liners, it's, you know, character creations, it's all kinds of stuff, and it's so funny. And, you know, for as it goes throughout the film, it gets a little bit more serious and things, but it starts out very lighthearted, which which I kind of like. I like that it's very, you know, lighthearted and fun and funny, and you really get to know the character of Adrian and also the other, you know, supporting characters around him, and sort of you get to know his environment, and then it goes on from there. And um, yeah, this it's such a 
it, it's a very well done film and it's so thought provoking and really makes you think about you know situations in the world and um you know and then you have you know like the army and censorship and you know adrian trying to you know he he takes a moment to tell the truth because he was a part of an event that happened and they're like no this didn't happen and they completely shut him off and it's just you know that's quite something you know where they're just no this didn't happen and we're not saying it you gotta just kind of keep things by the book and um not say those things and yeah it's um yeah it's it's one of my my favorite Robin Williams films and I, and like I wanted to pick something that you know maybe not everybody would pick as a favorite I mean it's a good film but they might pick you know something uh, like his more comedy movies or something like that so yeah this one this one is definitely um it's it's a favorite of mine Awesome. Um, I remember reading an IMDb trivia before we got on the air today. Uh, actually, a Cronauer said that it seems like there's a lot of, uh, let's say it's not everything in the film was true to form with him. Because he, I think he said like if he performed like 40% of what Rob, if he did what like 40% of what Robin Williams even did, he would have been court-martialed and sent away. Yeah. But like the main point was he was against all the censorship in the news and everything. Mm. So, uh, what brought this film to your attention? You know, I don't know. Um, it was, I think it was basically through my parents that they, you know, they were introducing me to like Robin Williams films and his humor and his, in like his stand up comedy and, and things like that. And, um, this was just one of those films that, that he was in and I was introduced to and I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it, it didn't really, um, it wasn't something that I, I went out looking for or found. It was just, it was introduced to me and, um, as part of, you know, one of the many films of Robin Williams' career, and um, I've loved it ever since. And I found that uh, watching this today, it, it's very, it's very fitting to the style of stand-up that Robin was doing at the time too. So mm-hmm. it fit very well in there. I do, I do appreciate that. The film we're talking about a little bit for me also fits the humor that he was into at the time as well. But um, what about the cast? It's also got a very stacked cast in it too, with uh, Bruno Kirby, who I love, and uh, City Slickers and Godfather Two. I know what is it? Um, when Harry Met Sally, and um, very funny in that Forrest Whitaker, very young Forrest Whitaker. So I don't know why he almost sounds Forrest Whitaker almost sounds younger in this film than he does in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which came out five, six years before this film. <laughs> yeah. And then you got the the great Robert Wool, which would this would be able a year before he played a legendary Batman character Knox in uh, Tim Burton's Batman 89. Yeah. So, uh, what makes this film in particular your favorite out of Robin's entire filmography? I think because, you know, I, I love Robin Williams' humor. Like, he, he is just such a funny man. Like, he, you know, some of the stuff he he came up with was just so funny and, and you know creative and um this one it's a good mix of his humor and and then also you know his ability to also be serious you know he it's definitely you know this the a good balance with this character who you know he's very funny very witty and 
you know, it's it's also this kind of coping thing too with this whole environment. It's just using humor to kind of get through it. And but I think you know, um, with this one, Robin does an amazing job with you know having that that really humorous side and then also being serious at the same time as well. And it just shows how good of an actor he is that he can you know do those things and he can also you know he can be really really funny over the top you know but he can also rein himself in and bring about that seriousness and i i really admire that and that this is why it's probably one of my my favorite films is just because of that and you know his his ability to to yeah like i've said like be funny and and also be serious uh, do you think uh he would have had more success in the film if had it been an original character instead of based off an actual person. Maybe. Um, I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he would have been like a little bit more. I, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, he, he, he does it. Perfect. <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe he would have been like a little bit more. Um, maybe a little bit more creative with it. I don't know, but I mean, he he does it so well anyway, so I don't know. Um, it, it might have changed things a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> now you say you like his uh, performance available to balance the. The happy and the intense moments, or the serious moments. Is there any other films in particular that you also like his serious performances, or do you think, um, for example, compared to Patch Adams or Jack? How do you think it compares to like films like that where he's allowed to be funny and be serious at the same time? Oh, I haven't seen Patch Adams in years. Oh my god. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think it's um I think it kind of compares. I mean, it's they're still sort of very different characters, but you know, the humor is different and you know, they might be a little bit more a little bit more on the the serious side but still able to be, you know, funny but not over the top funny whereas, you know, his version of like his playing Adrian who's kind of that crazy very hyper humor whereas the others are are still funny but they're not you know that that over the top and I think it 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 sort of compares um one's just a little bit more maybe reined in than than um and the other one but yeah awesome so how old were you when you saw this film the first time? Um, when did I see, How old was I? Um, I want to say maybe... Maybe 15, 16, somewhere around there, when I first saw it. Is there anything in particular that keeps bringing you back to this film? Um that it's it's a good story and it's definitely it's not one that you kind of throw just oh i want to watch this today i'm going to just throw it on um you kind of have to be you know sort of in the mood for it because it is it, it does get to be a little bit darker of a story as it sort of the movie goes on um not that it's really a hard watch like you know it, it's got this humor and and comedy to it but um 
but yeah, just because it's a good story. I, I really like how how it was um, how it's constructed and um, you know the characters are great. You know, I think you got really great performances from everybody and um, yeah, it's it's a good story. It's thought provoking and it's also funny and it, yeah, it keeps me coming back. Nice. So uh, I'll take I'm gonna take a uh, inspiration from our friend Lisa from I Love That Movie. Um, how would you uh, persuade somebody to watch this film if they hadn't seen it before? Well, I would I would say if they were, you know, um, I'd say it's kind of a good introduction to Robin Williams as an actor because you kind of get the best of of both things where you get the humor and serious. Um, but it would also be if somebody already knew who he was and, you know, wanted to see, had seen, you know, his films, um, but wanted to see others and hadn't seen this one, I would, you know, recommend it and saying like, you know, if they had mostly seen, you know, his comedy films and things that this is a good one that has his comedy, but also shows that he can be that serious actor and play a serious character. And, um... You know, kind of a good introduction to that, to his more serious roles that he that he did, um, and then, and like I said, it's a good introduction I think to Robin Williams too because you get to know his humor, and then you also see that yeah he can also be that that serious actor as well, and it's just it's a it's a you know if you're looking for you know a thought provoking film that's you know it's thought provoking it's funny it's you know got a little bit of heart. Um, your drama, it's, you know, right up your alley if you're, if that's kind of the genre that you're into. Right on, because it, it seems like you talk about the whole filmography of Rob Williams, it seems like it's one that's not brought up very often. No, it's definitely, I don't know, maybe, could you, could you call it, <laughs> I, it's, it kind of pains me to say, like, is it a little bit underrated? I don't know. Because it, it really doesn't seem to be talked about often. And, like, you've got, you know, all those other films that really shine. And this one's sort of, yeah, it's tucked in the corner somewhere. It almost seems like maybe either your generation or my younger sister and brother's generation, it's lost on them. Because I was about four when this film out. So maybe my generation or maybe even your generation is probably the last to even acknowledge the film's existence, it seems like. I could see that definitely. I can I can certainly see that because it was, yeah, um, definitely. And like you know, it, like for you know, like my generation, like we we had many a lot of Robin Williams content within those years. So you know, we were very much a part of that. And I think yeah, we were probably one of the last ones to actually you know, remember this film and, and really enjoy the film. Because I think, and it wouldn't be, it's not lost on us at all. Um, but yeah, the, the sort of newer generation, yeah, I think it would um, be a little bit lost on, I think. Um, which was just kind of sad, really. <laughs> I agree. I, I, I enjoy it for what it's worth. It's not my favorite. Maybe I'd say at least a top 10 because Rob Williams has done so many things in the time he was on this earth. It's definitely a, a top 10 Rob Williams film. Yeah. And uh, like, like I said, it's, it's a good balance of heavy and serious moments, which I think comes hand in hand a lot with uh, particular movies. They also deal with Vietnam. You have to have a lot of the uh, light to deal with uh the dark absolutely especially when you're like not just even looking at like you know the vietnam war but just war in general i think when you're gonna make you know a movie that that revolves around some kind of event like that you you kind of have to have that little bit of light-hearted humor in it unless it's unless you're not really going that route and taking it more seriously but I think you have to have that if you're gonna, you know, make something like that. Make make light of the situation because it is a very, 
you know, heavy thing to, to, you know, document. So it reminds me quite a bit of uh, Full Metal Jacket, because also film that take place during the Vietnam War, and also have have some of those lighthearted moments in there to break up how dark and depressing at least that war was specifically. Mm. So it's a it's I guess a war. A film setting around a war is definitely a good choice to have. You need to throw some of the humor in, as long as it's not too over the top and it fits in. But I'll also be kind of curious to see what a, a more uh, historically accurate portrayal of uh, Cronauer would have been, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been that would be interesting too. Yeah. All right, so Melissa's favorite Robin Williams movie of all time is Good Morning Vietnam from 1988. <laughs> yeah. All right, so for my film, this one was a little bit easier choice for me than I think it was for Melissa. But when I think of uh, favorite Robin Williams movies, I think a lot of the popular ones, because if I think back to my childhood, there is always... A few of them are always on constant uh, viewing. Uh, either be Mrs. Doubtfire, mm. uh, Jack, or Jumanji, or the first Aladdin film. But uh, we're going to take a trip back to my junior year in high school and talk about a little dark comedy film called Death to Smoochie. And uh, the film came out March 29th, 2002, and directed by Danny DeVito. And the film is about a kid's show host, Rainbow Randolph, is fired in disgrace while his replacement, Sheldon Mopes, a.k.a. Smoochie the Rhino, finds himself a rising star. Unfortunately for Sheldon, the business of kids' television isn't all child's play. And uh, I stumbled upon this film because around the same year, my friends and I were very high off the... Rob Williams stand-up special, Rob Williams live on Broadway, where he drops the F-bomb at least 6,000 fucking times in that stand-up special. <laughs> and I think why, I think one of the reasons why I love this film in particular so much is, A, it does not get talked about a lot. And, um, and two, because it did not do well at the box office at all. And um, secondly... I think it was like we said with earlier with uh, Melissa's um, how his portrayal fit his stand up at the time back in the eighties. This film, uh, Robin's performance, it pretty much fits his uh, comedy he was doing back in that time frame in the early two thousands. And it seems like this movie has a stacked cast. You have Robin Williams, you have Edward Norton, you have Danny DeVito. You have Catherine Keener. You have John Stewart. You have Harvey Firestein. The, uh, even have towards the end, you have Vincent Schiavelli, who this film is stacked from like top to bottom. It in such I love a good dark humor, and especially when dark humor is done so well. And it just keeps going, and particularly Rob Williams. Every time his Rainbow Randolph is on screen, he's just he plays that character so well. When you see him at the beginning of the film, being the scumbag that Rainbow Randolph turns out to be, and then see this slow, well, I wouldn't even call it the slow descent into madness. He just goes off the deep end quick and. Watching him slowly get more insane as the film goes on, he gets more and more deranged. Starting off with like threatening phone calls to setting Smoochie up to perform at a Nazi rally to about on the brink of burning himself alive in front of the studio, and then it comes all. To the point where he's almost about ready to shoot Edward Norton's Smoochie to being friends to where they had their own crossover special at the end of the film. It's so damn well done. It's so brilliant. And I think it came out the right time in Rob Williams' career when he was really embracing that more um, 
the more I would I want to say offensive, but more uh, what's the comp? What's like a term I'm thinking of here? Because I don't want to say it was like necessarily shock humor either. I guess he was just being more uh, off the cuff, more speaking off the cuff than anything. Um, yeah, and, and uh, even with Robin not being the focus of the film the entire time, uh, this also probably goes down as my favorite Ed or Norton film too, just because I've mentioned before, I think we was discussing like Olaf from Frozen. Um, this is the bar I set when I say when characters are naive and it's played believably, this, uh, Edward Norton in this film and Brendan Fraser in uh, Blast of the Past are definitely the bars I set for, but this is the high bar for me when I, a character can be naive to the world, but do it believably and not over the top. Because I think Edward Norton's performance as Smoochie how naive he is to the world, the whole business world in general, and how he's just going to change the world is so believable. You believe it fits in the world so perfectly. But just the dark humor in general just fits so well. It's so goddamn funny. I love even the part where Rob Williams, after he gets... uh, he gets uh, Edward Norton in trouble. He's just doing that little dance through the little park. And <laughs> it's almost like you're watching it. It comes off like something he more like probably improvised a little. He's doing his tap dance routine on the benches and then talking to the baby's face about doing the right, uh, the right, the, the rhino's a Nazi, the rhino's a Nazi or what he, even the scene where they're doing the magic cookie bag on Smoochie's show <laughs> and he <laughs> switches, switches the cookies out. <laughs> Cox. <laughs> <laughs> and just Robin showing up and just listing off all the words he can for cock and balls to these kids. <laughs> the look of shock on on Edward Norton's face when he pulls the cookie out and <laughs> like that scene whole in general is just hilarious. And stuff like that or uh, oh god was and uh I love all the stuff with the Irish mob too and with the uh, spinner. Um, it, it took me longer than I would like to admit that I figured out that the woman that plays uh, Tommy, the leader of the Irish mob, that she was the Trunchbull in uh, Matilda because she looks nothing like that character at all. <laughs> but uh, I just love this movie so much. It's such a great dark comedy. Like it's. There's lots of good dark comedies out there, but this is probably my favorite dark comedy of all time. And this is probably why it's my favorite Robin Williams movie of all time. Because Robin Williams, it's like when we, we talk frequently about letting Jim Carrey off his leash a little bit. This is Robin Williams off his leash. And I think he is one of those actors you can let him go and you can trust him with what he's doing because it's going to be just be brilliant like every choice i think robin williams makes this movie is brilliant because he he changes his attitude at the top of a hat like a drop of a hat he just snaps like when he gets arrested for uh setting up uh smoochie when he's outside the police station he just how he just switches from like oh no 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 no, no sorry touch my ass sorry touch my ass and like oh and he gets hit with like oh i've been shot i'm bleeding oh god and it's everything it's like over the top, but it still works at the exact same time. And it it's, I don't want to say it's a perfect adaptation. Of what, how you'd believe somebody who was like mentally unstable would act. But I think in a movie sense, in a movie sense, he is acting how somebody would act if their whole world just crumbled around them because of the shitty actions they decided to make in their life. Because they, they talk in the film how many of the previous child star, or not child star, but the child, the kids show hosts are uh, all scumbags in some way. And that's why they need to find Edward Norton's shelled mopes because he's clean. 
and they bring in uh, I can't remember uh, Buggy, uh, played by Vincent Schiavelli, who is a smack addict, and like how, and like even his performance is of the smack addict. He's in the middle of doing a hit on Smooch, and he falls asleep in the rafters halfway through the hit. He's <laughs> It's so well perform. It's so well done, and Robin Williams' performance just cracks me up every time. And it's, I think, I was probably about seventeen when I saw this. Sixteen or seventeen when I saw this film. Seventeen, probably one eighteen. And I'd never seen Robin Williams through that lens before, and I just loved it. And it seemed like such a fit for him that where everybody talks about their favorite. Rob Williams film, mine is Death to Smoochie, hands down, every time. And it's such a hard film to find, too. I've been searching for years to find like a reasonably priced Blu-ray or DVD copy of it. <laughs> but uh um yeah, I I love Death to Smoochie. I love it. It Rob Williams. I wish Rob Williams would have done more dark comedies before he passed, because I think he would have done so many more great ones. Nice. Yeah, I, I, you know, I agree. Um, he, he definitely did, you know, the, the usual comedy stuff. And for, you know, for him to do, it would have been kind of neat to see him do more of that sort of dark comedy and see what he could do with it and where he could go with it. But we, we lost the man way too soon. <laughs> and speaking of Jim Carrey, um, now, this is from IMDb. I don't know. You can take it with a real grain of salt here. But um, apparently Jim Carrey was attached to Star at one point, but eventually dropped out to do The Majestic in 2001. Oh, great choice, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw that too as well. And um, I thought you were going to the, the, bring up the point how Rob Williams was used as bait to get Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones and eventually Jack Nicholson in his Joker and Riddler respectively in the Batman films over at Warner Brothers. Because at one point, I think uh, Robin Williams was attached to play Riddler and Joker at one point, or they tried to use him as Joker to get Jack Nicholson to lower his price. And I think they're going to try to do it again with Riddler, and he said, I wasn't falling for that again. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't think I could. I don't, do they say specifically which character Carrie was up for? Because I don't. I, I remember looking at that clip. It just says that he was to star, so I don't know if he was going to be like Robin Williams' character or uh, what role he was going to be. I want to bet he. I'm going to bet he was probably going to be Edward Norton's character. Yeah. I could I could see that, um, but I'm also glad he he didn't. <laughs> yeah. I think I think the film is perfect the way it is, and because uh, I, I even saw I believe it was Henry Rollins was up for the role of Spinner. Yeah, which I think that would have been interesting too because I love I do love Henry Rollins, but I the actor who played Spinner is just so damn good too. Spinner. Spinner in the film, I don't want to say it's like making fun of, because I don't want to say he's really mentally handicapped. He's he's a boxer, so he's going to have some of those injuries like somebody who boxed for a long time is going to have. And I don't really think it's poking fun at him necessarily. But I appreciate how genuine it feels when he's so happy to see uh, Sheldon. Every time he sees Sheldon, he's so happy to be on the show. He's so happy to practicing the cowbell and he was so excited for the ice show like i love how genuine that came that performance came off and you see the heartbreak in sheldon's eyes when um harry fire scenes goons uh kill spinner by mistake yeah and apparently another um fun trivia fact is that in Sheldon's house apartment, he has a picture of a rhino on his wall, and he kept this picture and has it on his wall in real life. <laughs> or as Rainbow Randolph calls it, a picture of your mother. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you 
um, first discovered this from? I think I saw it advertised on TV. Uh, because, like I said, this time I was in high school. I was junior in high school. Friends and I were watching Robin Williams live on Broadway on repeat and seeing a, an advert come out for this film. And, like, I have to see this film. It just looks so weird. I I want to say I don't think I saw it in the theater, though. I want to say I probably rented it when it came out. It's probably like 03, late 02, early 03 is when I saw it for the first time. So, kids... When I say right, I mean, we went to an actual, back in my day, we had things called video stores <laughs> where we could go and rent a DVD for a short amount of time and then bring it back. Or or the thing called a uh, a VHS tape. <laughs> yeah, where, where you got fined if you didn't rewind it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the good old days. <laughs> I miss those days. I miss video stores. Thank God for Redbox, at least, I guess. Yeah, we don't... Yeah, in Canada, we don't have anything here like that. It's all... Like, if we want to rent something, it's all digital stuff. There's nothing... Like, you can't go get physical copy of anything. I saw I saw a video rental store on my way home from Michigan last month, and it made me smile. Yeah. There's, there's one... And I, I don't know if they... Might be closed now, sadly, but there was one open in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. And it just, oh, it just brought, like, so much nostalgia and and big smile to me. Because it was just like, oh, these, th- you know, it still exists, right? You could still go and get something and, and watch it. Like, it just, that was cool. Yeah. So it's your, I, I mean, there, there's... You know, quite a few moments, but what's your absolute favorite moment of the film? Hmm. I think I I like the the end at the ice show because you have pretty much all the stars of the film in there at once. I love the interactions. I love the thing in. The inclusion of uh, Vincent Schiavelli to the mix. So I love how he's there to do a hit and he falls asleep in the middle of it. <laughs> and <laughs> I love the weirdness of the ice show. It's like this weird opera that he's doing. And it kind of weird. It makes you want, when I was re watching the other night for this uh, recording, it's like, would something like this really keep the kids' attention? Like, you'd almost really want to interview the kids too, like how they feel about the apple slices and the organic smoothies and the pretzels without salt. Like, how the kids are reacting to it. like, oh, of course they're gonna love it because it's all free. But um, how would the kids react to having all this like not junk food? I guess with Smoochie trying to establish that in his show, I guess it would be kind of fitting. But I do, I do love the ending with the ice show. It's pretty damn funny. Um, a lot of stuff with Robin Williams is pretty damn funny too. Um, trying to think in particular when he's like he's trying to burn himself, and the little girl blows the match out, and then she goes across the street and sees Smoochie, or him busting with the gun at the end, or him. I'm sure what the actor's name that played Antonio, but he's taking advantage of Antonio and. And I also do love the scene where he breaks in on the Switchy show with the cookies. The cookie scene is pretty damn funny, too. Yeah. I I, um, I definitely laughed at that one. Like, that's where I really found that that was hilarious. And it's a it's a rocket ship! <laughs> <laughs> after, after a long, long pause. <laughs> yeah, very awkward pause. Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned you saw this film for the first time for this show, so why don't you tell me what your what you thought of it? Yeah, um, I had never heard of this movie whatsoever until you had, you had mentioned it and that it was going to be your choice for um, your favorite Robin Williams film, and 
I thought, you know what, I'm going to check it out because it's just it's one that I hadn't seen. And um, it, long story short, it really wasn't my cup of tea at the end of the day, but there were funny moments where I did laugh, like the, the cookie scene. And, you know, I did enjoy, like, how Edward Norton played this just naive character so believably. Like, this this guy who's all about, you know, organic food and everything, and and then his path in the business is, you know, to be, you know, not about, you know, the products or the, you know, the toys, the food, the whatever, with his face on it. It's about just creating the content, and, you know, that that's what means the most to him. And, well, the business isn't like that, and... Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed that, and then you know a couple scenes, but um, yeah, it wasn't. It, it's quirky. I, I think is the best way to describe it. It's very quirky, and I think, um, yeah, it's it's. I don't think it's for for everybody, but it's it's still you know worth a watch at least if you haven't seen it. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely you gotta have an acquired. Uh, Comedy is subjective, Murray. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, you definitely have to have a, like a strong sense of, at least a strong sense, strong sense of dark humor mm-hmm. to go along with this. And how you essentially got one guy trying to ruin another guy's career. Well, so many people trying to ruin one guy's career who really did nothing wrong. You know, all he wanted was his character to, to have his voice to make his change in the world. And uh, like even some of the, I even find like some of the songs he sings to be kind of weird, like weird but funny, like the stepdad song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just the believability of the lines when the Captain Keener is telling him backstage. I think the stepdad segment went really well. Like, yeah, we had a really good energy going out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I can see. A, you don't expect to see a movie. You turn on a movie about um, about a child, a kid show host, and have the Irish mob involved and uh, <laughs> uh, dirty politics from children's foundations and everything. So, yeah, I I really I, I went in open mind. I had no no expectations. I really didn't know what the hell I was getting myself into, um, but it. Yeah, it, it's it's fine for what it is. Um, it was it was worth at least a watch. I've seen it, um, but yeah, it's yeah. If if you really have that, I mean, I like I have a good sense of dark humor, but it's not you know it's it's not most of my my humor that I get into. So yeah, it it, it was all right, but yeah, still it's worth a watch. Like I said, it's definitely, definitely a good watch. Yeah. So what you you asked me the same question, but I'm gonna um, ask it to you. Um, what keeps you coming back to this film? It's just the performances by everybody in it. A lot of it's Edward Norton's performance as Sheldon Mopes. Um, Edward Norton often gets uh, criticized for being difficult to work with. But when it sounds like I heard him on a podcast, he's just an intense guy is what it is. So he's intense. He's deep about the roles he takes. Mm-hmm. So so his performance as, as Smoochie is so damn good. And the, just the performances by everybody, even DeVito, John Stewart, Catherine Keener. Everybody in this film was good. The people that play the the mob, guy play Spinner, they are all good. And just like that random comedy, like oh, when uh, Spinner's in the restaurant, okay, oh, switch, I'll be back. I'm gonna go take a dump, and he just like shouts it across the whole <laughs> this fancy <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or uh, just. Stuff like that. It just cracks me up every time. It, the like the expressions on Edward Norton's face and his reactions of like, well, would you look at that? Or how do you like that? <laughs> he should be getting like flat out pissed about something. <laughs> well, how do you like that? <laughs> or 
everything all right the comedy in it just damn hilarious um like oh you brought back buggy he's a smack addict or oh uh rainbow randolph's a scumbag like all this stuff like this and how over the top robin williams can play it but still play it believably like i can see that scene where he get, he's getting arrested is just so funny <laughs> it gets hit with the egg i've been shot this how overreactionary he is, but how believable does it hug out? But how much it fits into the character he's playing at the same time. So all in all, it really, the, as much as I love the humor, it's the performances by everybody in it that bring me back to it every time because everybody gives one hundred and ten percent. It's so well done. I think Devito. This probably isn't Devito's most regarded. Thing, film he's directed, and it's hard to believe. Tell people this film is directed by the same guy that directed Matilda, <laughs> and they're gonna look at you like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it, a lot of well, a lot of what brings me back to this film is the performances because the cast is so stacked and so talented. Mm. Awesome. Well, we mentioned our favorite films. Do you have any other films you'd recommend before we go? by robin williams oh i mean there's 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 so many um one that i don't think is talked about often and it's it's a more serious role and robin williams being like uncomfortably creepy (laughs) but it's it's a good film um one hour photo oh i haven't seen that one in a long time yeah, that one I I really enjoyed, but it just he because he plays that just ugh, un- uncomfortable character so well, and um, yeah, and oh, I don't know what else. Um, hmm. Oh, uh, movie RV is yeah. Like, uh. <laughs> I was just thinking about I was just thinking about that one because you tend to think a lot of films in his later later half of his career weren't home runs, but I think that one really was. I don't think that one gets the credit it deserves because I think Rob Williams is a good he plays a good film dad in that movie. Absolutely, yeah, it's a good heartwarming story. Absolutely, it is, and he's he's. He's still funny, but he's also not like the over the top funny. But it's just, it's such a fun, hilarious movie, and and I love it. I revisit it quite often because it's it's uh, so good. Um, so do your older ones. Uh, I can name off like Flubber and Goodwill Hunting are good ones. Um, yeah, there's there's so many that I could that I could list, but I won't because it'll take all day. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, I I have no problem listing off the classics. Uh, you can never go wrong with his classic stuff like Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, Jumanji was another good one. Um, that's probably like I watch new Jumanji films now. I'm like. It almost seems like more light and day compared to the one we got back in the 90s with Robin. But um, so damn good, um, that one. And uh, uh, I mentioned earlier Jack. Jack is another really good one where it's, it's got that humor put into it, but it's also got um, a lot of lighthearted moments in it um, where it's essentially Robin Williams playing a 10-year-old boy who has a condition where he ages four times faster what he is so he looks like he's a 40 year old man when he's only 10 years old so great film all around and of course you can't go wrong with the the og uh animated aladdin at all and uh probably another one doesn't get mentioned a whole lot in his repertoire probably uh the world according to garp charles said that one was early 80s Maybe I haven't. I haven't actually. I've heard of the film, but I haven't seen it. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but. Hmm. I mean, we can we can certainly be here, you know, all day just listing off his films because they're just he's he's such a 
wonderful actor and absolutely funny and also, you know, full of heart and, you know, very genuine. So, Melissa, where can uh, listeners keep up with you? Uh, they can keep up with me on um, Instagram and at Miss Melissa N25. Uh, they can also, if they're interested in drawing art, things like that, I have a drawing art page called Scribbles of a Wannabe Drawer. And where can they find you, Jared? Uh, you can keep up with me on Twitter and Instagram at QCA underscore Mista underscore J. It's where you follow me most of the time. Um, you can also find me on YouTube eventually, Two Aging Bearded Nerds, where my friend Mikey and I talk about all those random movies from the 80s and beyond where studios would not give two shits about scaring your kids. So, uh <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like that. The switchy comes to life. <laughs> <laughs> and if um, if you'd like to listen to us as a podcast, um, listen to more episodes, and also keep track of uh, new episodes coming up, um, you can find us on our home and Podbean. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, and also iHeartRadio. And on social media, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Nerd Nation's Podcast. And don't forget, throughout the throughout the whole month of May, we are going to have a fundraiser going for the AFSA. Uh, sorry, we are going to be having a fundraiser on Facebook going through the whole month of May, donating, raising money for the AFSP, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. So please donate and share. So we can help give money to the people who, those who need it. Stay tuned next time for our next episode where we're going to have our own Justice League, as it were. The, the long-awaited Justice, Zack Snyder Justice League episode people have been asking us for. Well, got kind of a twist to it. Melissa's been doing some... Uh, Mostly use the old noodle for this one. So it's Zack Snyder's Justice League in a way, but it's still Justice League. So in the way we tied in in the way she tied in mental health awareness month is like chef's kiss. So uh stay tuned for that. We're gonna have our friend Philip Barker returning and also a couple new guests. So stay tuned to our social media to find out when that's coming. So the world's still scary. I don't think it's ever going to stop. It'd be nice if it did. Um, Not just in the month of May, but all the time. Take care of yourself. Take care of others. And the best way to do that is to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. See you next time. The thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone. And do not represent the companies they happen to work for. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys.